Hello, loves. Welcome back to the Living Out Love podcast, where we discuss spiritual leadership and personal development skills. You know, I'm really excited about today's podcast. It happened sort of unintentionally that last week we were talking about, you know, self-sabotage and not even getting started, um, not taking action because of whatever reason. This week, we're sort of flipping it on its head and we're talking about having too many things going on multitasking. <laughs> so this week's going to be a little bit lighter, but still helpful. And you know, it's towards the end of summer. Who doesn't need a little bit of levity right now? Am I right? All right. As usual, I always try to incorporate a story into the lesson because I think that helps for just comprehension and memory. So today's story is, um, this was, uh, it's about something that happened a few weeks ago. I was standing in my kitchen. I was about to feed the cat. I looked down at the floor and I saw my kid's swim bag that was half unloaded. I looked at the kitchen counter and saw my kid's school lunches partially emptied. I was holding paperwork in my left hand while I was trying to feed the cat with my right hand. And I was also trying to make dinner. So just for clarity, the kid's swim bag and the kid's lunch bags, th those were also my activities. My kids aren't old enough to be doing that stuff yet. So I had all of those things going on just by myself. And many of you can relate to this. You start doing something, you get interrupted, and then so you, you move on to the other thing that's right in front of you that also needs doing. And before you know it, you've started five tasks and none of them are complete. So in that moment when I was standing in my kitchen and I was like observing all that I had started and not finished, I laughed to myself and thought, I am not multitasking. I am multi-attempting. I am attempting to complete these tasks, but I'm not doing any of them well. And by allowing myself to get interrupted and distracted, I'm creating a situation in which it's likely that I will feel overwhelmed and chaotic. In that moment, I was feeling overwhelmed and chaotic. And all humans multitask. Women are known as being mul mul better multitaskers than men. Um, if we're going to stick to the gender binary, you know, moms especially are known for multitasking, especially moms with, you know, kids that are young, toddlers and even younger. Holy cow. My kids are just beginning to learn how to contribute to the household, how to manage their own things. So I'm constantly helping them with whatever it is they need when they walk in the room, even if it's just pausing what I'm doing to remind them of something. They're not quite that independent. Even younger kids can be even more challenging. You're in the middle of something and then they cry and then there's not much they can do for themselves. So you've just got to go and assist. And if you don't have kids, the vast majority of us all have shortened attention spans. So this still applies to you. Thank you to screen times. Those shortened attention spans often lead us to not complete a task. And it's not that we got interrupted by other responsibilities. It's that we literally get distracted because we cannot stay focused. Side note here, when I first met my husband, who notably is barely on social media of any kind, I was amazed at his focus. I was a little bit surprised at his inability to multitask, but more so I was just blown away and envious at how long he could sit and focus on one task. Hours, you guys. My amazing, handsome, 
jewel of a genius man. He can focus for hours when he needs to. Personally, unless I'm physically doing something, building something, yard work, etc., I cannot stay focused on one task. Even when it's a physical task, I struggle. If I'm listening to music, I'll want to change the song. So I get my phone out and then it's all over. Half the time I'll decide I should go ahead and check my email or I remember I was going to text somebody about something. You can see where I'm going with this. I'll look up and it's been five or ten minutes and I haven't finished doing the yard work. And here's the thing. My description might make it sound like I have ADHD. I don't. These are simply behavior patterns that I've developed, that many of us have developed. And of course, my whole life isn't this way. I have periods of great productivity usually because I have lots of short tasks that I can complete in less than an hour and I jump from one type of brain activity to a different type of brain activity. But today, I want you to reflect on your skills in the world of multitasking and staying focused on completing whatever it is that is yours to complete. So we're going to focus on three points of reflection. Number one, if you ever find yourself overwhelmed with all of the immediate tasks waiting on you, are you starting them all at once? Are you staying focused on one at a time? And again, this is one of the great things about our brain is that the amount of endorphins we get anytime we complete something. That's so many of us like lists because we can check them off. Each time we check something off as a complete, we get a tiny little rush of endorphins. And so if you have multiple tasks calling your attention, I suggest you write them down. Do your best to only work on one task and then check it off or cross it out or erase it, whatever your process may be. But I will say your brain does not get the same satisfaction if you're doing this on your phone or on a screen. If you can aesthetically pick up a pen or a pencil or a you know, um, what are those markers, the dry erase markers, pick them up, write them out, then check it off, scratch it out, erase it, whatever the case may be. When you do that with your actual body, you will get enough endorphins that you will be more motivated to complete your other tasks. It creates a positive feeling of motivation. So that's reflection number one, just observe yourself. Are you doing these tasks all at once? Are you staying focused? Reflection number two, are you constantly distracted by your phone? Has it become a tick or a reflex to pick it up in your spare time or to check it for updates? So two pieces of advice here, consider doing a phone detox. This episode is actually going to air in August. And during that month, I am taking a break from social media. I'm just going to out myself here and personally say, I've noticed how much time I spend on social media just scrolling, not adding value. And I've noticed how it became a behavior pattern. The second I'm not doing something, I check Instagram and Facebook. If I'm going to transition from one task to another, I think now's a good time to check out social media. I haven't actually done a social media break since I got on social media in college. So I really hope that the month of August is going to help me re regain some of my attention span, not to mention some of my peace, but we'll see how it goes. I may report back. Okay. Another option. If you're a person that also struggles with phone distraction, set timers. 
if there are certain apps, whether it's social media or games or puzzles, if you have certain apps that suck you in, it may even be the news, then only open those apps when you have a timer set. Give yourself 10 minutes and then get off. Be a hero and give yourself two minutes and then get off. If you're one of those people who has a really hard time signing out of a game in the middle of a level, then you have to learn to hold yourself accountable on this one. If the timer goes off, you're in the middle of a level, finish the level and then get off the phone. So that's point of reflection number two. Is your phone a problem? Are you distracted? Reflection number three, multitasking versus multi-attempting. Consider how things go when you multitask. Are you actually completing the tasks set forth? How do you feel when you multitask? You might feel powerful, like you're able to manage so much at once. It can feel a bit like being a hero. Look at all that I'm doing. Look at all the balls I'm juggling and none of them are dropping. Woohoo! Maybe none of them are dropping, but maybe none of them are getting put away where they're supposed to be either. And if you honestly never feel overwhelmed and the hours spent multitasking in your day are minimal, then you may not need to adjust course. Your reflection may honestly be, hey, I'm pretty good at this. Pat on the back. If you start feeling like you're drowning in tasks and you notice that most of your days are like that, then you're likely multi-attempting rather than multitasking. And again, no shame because I'm with you. <laughs> so if you're multi-tempting, you're doing lots of things, but none of it to your satisfaction or none of it to completion, then consider doing it differently. Or consider feeling differently about it. Next time you're multi-attempting, when you notice that you're feeling frustrated or overwhelmed, recognize that you made many of the decisions that led you to be in that situation in the first place. There's a part of you that wants to have the experience that you're having. So laugh at yourself for choosing it and try to figure out how it's serving you. Why did I choose it to be this way? If you're like me, again, I'm going to out myself a little bit here. Your ego may want to feel a bit victimized by life. My ego sounds like a very melodramatic sort of Scarlett O'Hara type. Woe is me. There are so many things to do and only I can do them. And I must never ask for help because this is just my lot in life. So by not taking the time to make a list and focus one at a time, I indulge in that overwhelm and that chaos and that woe is me ego. And the uh, disturbingly painful beauty about that is that if I would just make a list, if I would stay focused after a few days, it would become a new behavior pattern. Sometimes our egos trick us by making small malleable things feel like big immovable things. But the truth is, I could sit down in the middle of the day when none of those things were happening and I could plan for when all of those things were going to happen. I could list all the things that happen after swim lessons, all the gear, what needs to happen with dinner, what, what will the kids need from me? And I could make a plan by choosing not to be proactive about focusing on a process when I'm not in the middle of the chaos, I end up creating chaos. 
and I end up either resenting the process or judging myself while I'm in the overwhelm. So that's what my ego does in the situation of multi-attempting. But perhaps that's not your ego. Perhaps you have an ego that thinks that if anyone else helps you, they will not do it as well as you will. I know so many people who are like this. I am not naming any names, but this is this is common. People think that they do everything the best or certain things the best. So, you know, let's talk about it. I don't struggle with that personally because I tend to think not highly enough of myself. Um, but let's talk about it. So some of us like things done a certain way. It could be our ego thinking that we know best. It could be actual experience that the other person doesn't have. Sometimes it's actually a safety concern. We learned that we were safe by taking care of ourselves. But for whatever reason, many of us have a very hard time delegating certain things. And this will not be news to you, but it does need to be said. People will not learn and you will stay overwhelmed if you continue to not let people help. Also, being able to accept help that is not to your level of satisfaction is an actual skill. It's an actual skill. It's the process of teaching others and it's a skill. You love others by allowing them to contribute, by allowing them to add value. When you don't invite people in, sometimes that can be less loving. Not always, but sometimes. So if you are going to try to let somebody help, praise the small wins. Praise that they tried and fix their work. And I use quote fix in quotations, fix their work as little as possible. Then the next time they help, let's say they help a second time, praise them for helping, and then maybe give just one, maybe two, but preferably one pointer that will make the job easier for them. So if you have feedback about the task, give it in a way that is about that person being successful, not about your need to have things be a certain way. Unless it's an actual safety concern. If this is a safety concern, an allergy, medical equipment, what have you, then by all means, please be direct about what you need. But a lot of the times we won't allow people to help us. It's, it's not life and death safety. It's vanity or persnicketiness or, you know, choose your word. So those are my three points of reflection for you when you consider multitasking and multi-attempting. Number one, are you finding yourself overwhelmed? Are you staying focused? Are you doing lots of things all at once? Number two, are you constantly distracted by your phone? Has it become a tick or a reflex? Number three, are you multitasking or multi-attempting? Are you actually getting things done? And are you letting people help when and where appropriate? All right, loves. For such a light topic, there are actually so many layers to this onion. Is clutter contributing to your ability to focus? Are you repeating family patterns about who does what in the household? Do you have issues trusting others to contribute? Is your ego somehow relishing in your multi-attempting circumstances? There are so many questions that you could ask yourself, and I just discussed those three as a jumping off point. For now, 
I'm inviting you to reflect on your experience of getting things done in the world. How's it going? What comes up for you? Use this opportunity to create space, and by space I mean time, for some aha moments. When you set your brain to the task of solving a problem, it will. It will find an answer. And if you're like me, and you've struggled lately with multi-attempting and the feelings of overwhelm, ask yourself why you're doing it as you are and not doing it differently. Ask yourself how you could be doing it better. And by better, I mean more efficiently or more enjoyably. Then allow your brain to help you. Allow it to provide you answers. Once you know the why, it is much easier to change the how. And you don't always need to know the why. If you just notice the behavior and you want to change it at the level of behavior, that is great too. As you change the behavior, you will learn the why behind your resistance in a heartbeat. So that's it for today, loves. I hope it was helpful. I Obviously, it's something that I have been working through. And I hope that everybody that's listening thinks that I'm just crazy and I'm the only one struggling and none of you relate to this. But if you do, I hope it was helpful and I look forward to hearing about your ahas. Have a great day. Talk to you next week. Bye.